0: Welcome to another installment of The Chronicles of Gadget and Cadfile, a series of stories told to me, Tashmifuni, by Brother Cadfile, a gnome monk who has retired to the Tien Monastery, about his amazing adventures with Gadget, a gnomish engineer who has a knack for getting involved in some real mysteries around Azeroth. Hello? Hello Brother Cadfile. Are you home? Well, well, Tashmifuni. How how very delightful to see you again. I'm I'm so pleased you're here. And I'm pleased to see you too, brother Canfal. I I have such exciting news. Really? That's very interesting. I have exciting news too. Gadget, Gadget is back has returned. What? What? How, how did, did you, you know? know? Hang on, hang on. Brother Cadfael, why don't you go first? Uh, well, of course, I was going to tell you that Gadget has returned, and she and I had quite an adventure recently. Okay, and I was going to tell you that Eamon Wetbranch ran into Gadget recently, but your story sounds a lot more interesting. Oh, indeed it is. It's a story full of greed, intrigue, and tragedy. That sounds amazing, and I'm really looking forward to hearing it, and I'm sure our listeners are too. So please, go on. Certainly, certainly. Uh, Where to begin? Well, I guess the best place to start is with Gadget's startling reappearance. As you know, I haven't seen my dear Gadget in several years. She disappeared to parts unknown to, as she said, pursue her own interests, and truthfully, I didn't even know if she was still alive. Several weeks ago, I was relaxing in front of a warm brazier after a day of attending to the wounds of initiates here at the monastery when I heard an all-too-familiar voice from the doorway. What is this, cadfile? Relaxing when there are adventures to be had? Well, I was startled almost out of my wits and jumped up to see the familiar form of gadget in my hallway, arms akimbo, and a mischievous grin on her face. "'Gadget!' I explained. "'My goodness, you're alive! "'Where have you been?' And I hastened to embrace her. But she interrupted my forward progress by tossing my traveling cloak, staff, and healing bag to me. "'Plenty of time for explanations later, Cadfile, she said impatiently. "'There's a mystery afoot, and I could use your help. "'Care for a trip to the afterlife?' and with that, she turned on her heel and strode towards her mechanical mount, which was waiting just outside the door, alongside my already saddled goat. I fumbled with my coat, bag, and staff as I chased after her. The afterlife? Gadget, as happy as I am to see you, I'm not sure I'm entirely ready to follow you into death. Gadget laughed as she mounted. Nothing so dire as that, dear cadfile. Have you not heard... Thanks to the nefarious machinations of Sylvanus Windrunner, the barrier between life and afterlife have fallen. So much so that apparently my reputation for solving particularly troubling mysteries has found its way to a place called Revendreth. As we traveled by mount, flight, and portal, Gadget told me of a surprising message she had received from one Lehos, a venthyr in a town called Darkhaven, asking for her help to determine what was behind an attack on, and robbery of, a convoy bearing something called Anima. And so it was with that slim bit of information and background that I followed Gadget into the afterlife, traveling to the darkly elaborate town of Darkhaven. We approached the town across an impressive stone bridge, our hired mounts' hooves clattering, drowned out by the rumbling of a procession of horse-drawn hearses passing by us. We rode through the massive arched entryway and turned our mounts over to the care of the local stable master, who introduced himself as Shadow Rider Naralva. Gadget, who seemed remarkably unsurprised by the grim visage of this gentleman, greeted him, handed over a small stack of coins, and asked where we might find Lehos. Noralva accepted the silver with a curious look, but nodded to the central part of town. As we walked in the indicated direction, I whispered to Gadget, I've seen all races in Azeroth, Gadget, but I don't recognize his. Who are these grim-looking people? Gadget explained. He is a Venthyr. Their charge here is to rehabilitate souls who come to the afterlife after leading less than honorable lives. But apparently some sort of controversy has arisen regarding the appropriation of anima, something that is harvested from the souls. And as I explained on our trip here, there was a robbery of an anima convoy. Ah, she said, and I believe this may be lejos. Gadget walked briskly up to our contact, a tall spare gentleman with long gold hair and a matching beard, dressed in a quilted vest and studded arm guards and greaves. She extended her hand and said, Mr. Lejos, I am Gadget, and this is my associate cadfile. I received your message. How may I be of service? Lejos looked down his rather pronounced nose at Gadget and said— Given your reputation, I was expecting someone a bit taller. Gadget pulled herself up to her full height and said, I can assure you, sir, I have more than adequate stature to address whatever issue you may be having. He looked skeptical and said rather derisively, typical mortal overconfidence. But he sighed and said, I suppose there's nothing to be done about it now. I told Mistress Mahela that there was a traitor in the village behind this robbery, and that I would start to make some inquiries. I suppose you will suffice as an assistant sleuth. Why don't you start by making some inquiries here in town? And he handed her a list of names. As we left his company, I could hear Gadget muttering under her breath, Assistant sleuth indeed. Indeed. Our first contact was with a rather unfortunate fellow named Globnob, one of the many dredges of the working class in Darkhaven. He looked up at us from his cleaning of the steps of a small crypt as we approached. Gadget slipped the fellow a small coin and asked him whether he had heard anything about suspicious activity here in town. He stood up shaking his head and trudged to a nearby trash pile as he told us in his rough working class accent, that he didn't know anything about, no sneaky business, and he just put things he cleaned up into the trash pile. He invited us to have a rummage. He returned to his toils, leaving Gadget and I standing by the trash pile. Gadget gave me an arched look, glanced down at her own rather elegant traveling clothes, and gave out with a small, ahem, So I sighed, kneeled down, and began to search through the pile of refuse. Several rather smelly and dirty minutes later, I retrieved a crumpled note, which I handed to Gadget. She nodded and said, Well, hopefully that was the worst of it. She looked at the list she had received from Lejos and said, Let us go talk to Rokalai. We found Rokalai, a winged creature who happened to be the town flight master, on the west side of the town on a circular platform. He had a rather jaundiced view of the messages sent by his Venthyr masters. He told us that their messages always reeked of intrigue and scheming, but was of no further help. Our last contact was with a Venthyr named Bela. Who was on a cantilevered balcony outside the east wall of town. He was similarly attired to Lejos, but with a startling tall white hairdo and goatee. Gadget introduced both of us and made her inquiry regarding any suspicious activity. Bela was standing next to a caged soul, and he explained to us that he was about to begin something he called the Ritual of Atonement. But he didn't seem to have much heart for his task. He told us that he didn't see much point in the ritual if it wasn't going to save this soul from the maw. He sighed and began preparing for this ritual and then, surprisingly, asked us for our assistance. Gadget, I whispered, I'm not entirely comfortable with this. She shushed me and readily agreed to lend whatever assistance we could. It was then that I heard the caged soul utter something absolutely heartbreaking. I am afraid. Its voice was ethereally heartrending. Of course, you are, Keltesh, Bela replied in a knowing but reassuring tone. Your judgment day approaches, and we must rid you of your sins. Almost as soon as he began his horrific ritual, he was attacked by several dreadful tentacled manifestations who appeared out of the stone floor. Before I could even draw my staff, Gadget had loosed multiple volleys from her trusty boomstick and dispatched the creatures. My goodness, Gadget, what were those? She leaned on her boomstick and said, Well, Cadfile, they appear to have been embodiments of this poor soul's sins. I shuddered at the thought that such abominations could be lurking somewhere in me, and said as much. Gadget gave me a warm and knowing smile, the kind that always sets my heart racing, and said, Dear Cadphile, I cannot imagine that you have anything that vile within you. And she returned her attention to Bela and the soul of Keltesh. Bela thanked Gadget for her assistance, and then asked the soul, And now, Keltesh, have you noticed anything suspicious? The soul answered that it didn't know what would or would not be suspicious, but said that it had witnessed two people named Samu and Ilka quarreling over the tithe and the drought. As we walked back to Layhouse, I remarked upon the ritual we had just witnessed. Wasn't that awful, Gadget? Do you think all of this is truly necessary? What possible good can come from punishing these poor souls? Gadget shrugged. From what I understand from my time here, Cadfile, the Venthyr believe they are doing these souls a service. By forcing them to atone for their sins and express true remorse, they are saving them from a more terrible fate, eternity in the maw. We returned to Lajos with our findings, who apparently found them quite edifying, and he asked us to deliver invitations for a meeting in a place he called the Large Crypt to the aforementioned Ilka and Samu, who were apparently now prime suspects. Ilka was an impressive-looking female venthyr, dressed all in purples and browns, and was lounging on a large, elaborate chair next to a table strewn with scrolls. When Gadget delivered the invitation, Ilka seemed to be actually looking forward to the meeting, saying that she loved the chaos Lejos incites. I told Gadget that that didn't sound good at all. We located Samu, a venthyr who served as a scribe, in the inn bearing the rather unfortunate name of the Symposium. Yes, I know it's a bad pun. He was rather annoyed at our interruption, but set off forthwith to the assignation in the large elaborate crypt on the north side of town. Well, I said to Gadget as we left the Symposium, that seemed more like a rather elaborate courier job, but well done nonetheless, "'Shall we return home, and you can tell me where you've been all these many years?' Gadget looked at me with a shocked expression. "'My dear Cadphile, how can we miss the resolution of this mystery? "'Where is your curiosity?' And she set off apace to the large crypt. "'I say, Gadget, shouldn't we let well enough alone?' I said as I bustled after her. "'And as to my curiosity,' I should think I more than demonstrated that by following you into the afterlife to begin with. Gadget just grinned at me over her shoulder, winked one sparkling green eye, and continued on, her pink hair bobbing with her quick pace. I sighed and followed her towards what I was convinced would be a disaster. And, sure enough, my worst fears were realized when we entered to find Lejos, Samu, and Ilka, in an armed standoff. In raised voices, they hurled accusations and defenses at each other regarding the skimming of anima being collected from the souls, all the while aiming their wicked-looking weapons at each other. Samu, the only one who seemed reasonable, asked Lejos to lower his crossbow and demanded that he produce whatever his proof was against Ilka. I groaned to myself at the part we had played in this and began to tug at Gadget's arm, pleading with her to leave before we were pulled into the conflict. For a moment I thought she would agree, but suddenly Ilka turned on Samu and said that he was the betrayer, and with that all three crossbows twanged and thrummed, each of them hurling their bolts into each other, and all three fell with what I was sure were fatal wounds." As Gadget and I stood there, stunned by what had just happened, another Venthyr appeared, a tall cloaked female. Clucking her tongue, she remarked on the mess and said that she didn't expect them to murder each other, but it was all for the greater good to depose someone named Denathrius. She looked down at Gadget and I with a grim smile, thanked us for our unintentional help, and disappeared in a red mist. Later that evening, sobered by what we had witnessed, Gadget and I were seated at a table in the symposium, sharing a surprisingly fine bottle of Silvermoon Port. As the light of the torches and braziers played across her fine features and cast red highlights onto her pink locks, she explained to me what she knew about Sire Denathrius, the creator of the Venthyr. And how he and many other Venthir had been corrupted by the very sins he had been charged to cleanse the souls of she also spoke of the drought of anima throughout the afterlife and that many of the Venthir had begun to hoard this precious substance i nodded with understanding and said to gadget so do you think it was the anima itself that drove them to such madness my dear cadfile After all of our adventures, it still surprises me how little you pay attention to details. Did you not hear what Rahel said just before she took her leave? That much anima is a temptation for anyone. Gadget sighed into her glass of port. So yes, it was in part the anima. But in the end, it was the sin that drives far too many into the hands of the Venthyr. Greed. Well, Cadfile, that was an amazing story. Thank you so much for sharing it with all of us. So, with Gadget back in your life, I suppose there's going to be a lot of new mysteries and adventures ahead of you. I certainly hope so. And I'll look forward to sharing them with you and your fine listeners. And when we do, I hope we'll all be enjoying a fine cup of Keen bean Kaffa. Ah, uh, Brother Cadfile. I guess Rejak didn't tell you. We're not doing paid advertising on the show anymore. Oh, dear, I'm so sorry. No, he didn't say anything. Yeah, I'm not surprised. That's quite all right. But we'll still look forward to hearing about your continuing adventures with Gadget. Thank you for listening to another installment of The Chronicles of Gadget and Cadfile. made possible today by a generous grant from The Tillers, providing support to the farmers of today and education for the farmers of the future. The Chronicles of Gadget and Cadphile is a work of fan fiction based on World of Warcraft. All place names, character names, and music from World of Warcraft used herein are the exclusive property of Blizzard Entertainment. World of Warcraft is a trademark or registered trademark of Blizzard Entertainment, Inc. in the U.S. and other countries. No copyright or trademark infringement is intended by the Half-Hell Report. If you would like to reach us, you can find us on Twitter at Report, Or drop us an email at HalfHillReport at Yahoo.com. This show is brought to you by Dragon Powered Studio. Find more at DragonPoweredStudio.com.